Hey, Impactors. My name is Leonard Blair Jr., and I'm the host of the Impact Podcast. Here, we center the stories of the entrepreneurs, influencers, and leaders that are impacting communities of color, not just in the U.S., but around the globe. Subscribe now and share the show with a friend so that we can continue sharing the stories of the impactors that are making the world a better place and inspiring the next generation. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Impact Podcast. I'm your host, LBJ, and today I'm super excited to introduce you to Wava Space and their incredible founders, Valentine and Jada. Um, Jada and Valentine, how, how are y'all doing today? Good. They're pretty good. It's a Friday. No complaints. Yeah. <laughs> Fridays, of course, are the best day of the week and yes. also the best day to record a podcast episode. Wow. <laughs> we just talked a little bit before the show. Um, I am super excited for my listeners to get to hear about your incredible company, get to hear about your incredible stories. Um, but before we do that, I'd love for y'all to formally introduce ourselves. Valentine, you can go first, and then Jada uh, right after, and then we'll, we'll jump into the remainder, remainder of the show after that. Cool. Awesome. Thank you for having us again. Yeah, thanks for having us on the show. Of course. Um, my name is Valentine. I'm a, a co-founder and CEO of Wava Space. Uh, my name is Jada. I am the co-founder and head of develop, uh, business development for Wava Space. Incredible. Um, and for people who don't know, what is Wava Space? Uh, we're, we're essentially we're an online marketplace that allows homeowners um, generate revenues by turning unused areas in their homes into office spaces for remote workers. Incredible. So think 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 of Airbnb and WeWork combined. That's what we <laughs> I love that. I, as you see, I'm in my office space, but um, believe it or not, most of the time I do not work here. So do not be surprised if you see me signing up on your platform to, to rent out some of my space. Please, please. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, before we get into, you know, the details of the company, I'd love to hear a bit about, you know, what, what's y'all's background? How, how did the two of y'all meet? Um, yeah, it, you know, were there early signs um, that, you know, you all might be creating a business together? Love to hear some of that. Okay. Um, so starting with how we met, um, we, we both live out here in Phoenix, Arizona. I met Jedi in Arizona. Um, you know, we are actually engaged. Um, <laughs> Congratulations. Married in, thank you. We're getting married in November in Nigeria, which is where I'm from. Amazing. Um, and so we met out here in Phoenix. Um, I, uh, her friend, and my brother went on a couple of dates and then, you know, kept coming back to the house. One day I said, hey, look, you can't keep coming to the house by yourself. You know, I don't want to be a third wheel anymore. So I said, hey, bring a friend next time. And she brought Jada and the rest is history. Yeah, we've been uh, together ever since. It's been about seven or so years. Right. I, I love that. On, on you know, that first date, did the two of you be like, did you see like the vision of starting a business together initially? Or, you know, it's not before as we were talking before the show it sounds like both y'all had that entrepreneurial bug super early on so <laughs> was that something on your mind you know i don't think that was the first thing on my <laughs> mind <laughs> I, on first I also didn't think she wanted to hang out with me because she kept saying no like i had to trick her to get in her phone number <laughs> i told her we were doing a barbecue and then i would text her the details <laughs> never happened, never to, happened. To this day. um and you know i was <laughs> 
you know, I'm from Alabama and he is Nigerian. So, you know, just kind of being around him and exposed me to a whole nother culture. Um, and in those beginning stages, like I saw his entrepreneurial spirit. Um, I saw like the things that he could do and just how smart yeah. he was, um, but never thought that we would, you know, I would support him, but never thought that we would go into something, you know, like this, like what we're doing. Um, yeah. And it's been a pretty exciting journey seeing how much we've evolved um, from when we first met um, to now and really, you know, kind of bringing us together. It's, it's, and it's, it's has been an exciting journey. I love that. Were, you know, what were the two of you doing at the time? Were you in the, the tech space like uh, for your day jobs? No, actually, me personally, I was working for um, a well-known airline company, American Airlines. Okay, awesome. Yeah. I, I, I've, I've uh, been in the tech space, um, either like through founding my own company or working for a startup. Um, you know, I kind of transitioned from food slash restaurant tech to fintech. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so I've, I've been in the tech space. And I kind of picked the companies that I work with. Like I want them small. Um, <laughs> when they get too big, then I'm like, guys, it's not really for me anymore. You know. <laughs> What was cool was he really, when we first met, um, he really inspired me, just the way he spoke, the things that, the experiences that he's had, especially with tech. I wasn't really into that or didn't know too much about it. Um, and he really yeah. opened my mind up to that tech world. And after we got together, I think within a few months, I had left American Airlines and <laughs> I started going into the tech field. And it's been a crazy, fun journey since then. I love that. I love that. Um, you know, I know the two of you all were doing, you know, some entrepreneurship stuff at an early age. I I'd love for you to share a bit about that um, for, for our listeners. Yeah, uh, I can go first. Uh, so I, I went to boarding school in Nigeria, right? Um, the, the best way to describe boarding school in Nigeria is almost like prison in the U.S. <laughs> I've only seen it in movies. Um, but um, so it's, it's kind of a world where you kind of have to survive, right? Uh, at a young age, I went to boarding school when I was 10. So you're going to have to learn how to survive very quickly. Um, one of the things that I remember, remember doing is um, there was this thing, let's just call it Kool-Aid, right? Um, you know, my mom would buy it. I didn't really care for it, but I never told my mom. So she would buy it for me and then I'll take it <laughs> and I'll mix it in, in the water and I start selling the individual bottles. Um, I will make the entire pack um i'll make more money from from selling one you know one of the things than the entire like pack that it came in um, that's crazy um so that's one of the things that i did every time we came back from holidays because my dad was in the u.s my uncle was in the u.s every time they came to visit they brought all the latest like video games so we had the playstation <laughs> one to the playstation portable we had all of that stuff and when my mom goes to the office she doesn't like when we have guests in the house when she's not there yeah so as soon as she leaves, we will invite friends over, and <laughs> these were good friends. We will still charge them to play our video games, right? I will. When you come to my house, I'll say, "How much money do you have in your pocket?" You have to bring everything out, and if you don't have enough, you can only play like what you have. If you, you, you know, if I'm able to collect enough from you, I'll let you play free the rest of the night before my mom gets. <laughs> um, so that, that that that's always been me, and like that was kind of yeah. My, my original like uh journey into the entrepreneurship world my mom was an entrepreneur started multiple businesses i've seen her like you know grow businesses fail but she kept going right yeah um, you know um and then moved to the us and then kind of uh 
started going into tech-specific uh, businesses. Like, you share more about that, but I don't know if Jedi wants to give you a little bit of her story too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm from Alabama originally, um, and then I moved to Arizona uh, and went to high school and uh, middle school, high school and college uh, in uh, Tucson, Arizona. Um, and just kind of growing up, you know, my parents have always instilled the value of a dollar, right? Um, especially yeah. as a black woman, black child coming from Alabama. Um, yeah. And, you know, I've always kind of had uh, that sense of like wanting to bring together a community. You know, we would host parties at our house all the time. Um, we were, uh, you know, I would start different things. Uh, for example, in uh, middle school, I would have my mom get me the big box of chips and the sour <laughs> candies. And I would take those and I would go sell those at school. Um, they I'm tried seeing, to have- you know, similarities amongst the two of your stories. Yeah. <laughs> you know, saying it out loud. Um, I'm hearing those similarities as well. You know, I, they tried to shut me down, but you can't hold me down. Uh, and so, you know, I would be selling them, you know, uh, you know, behind the teacher's backs and things like that. I was known as like the girl with the snacks, right? The candy girl <laughs> or something. And it continued all the way up until, you know, some of high school as well. Um, yeah. In the midst of that, you know, I started a dance group at my church with my mom um, and a few other people. Uh, we took that, we took and grew that from five people to 150, 200. Um, I think wow. 250 actually was the, the, the highest. Wow. And it ranged from ages five to like 75 uh, for this dance wow. group. Uh, we were known all over the um we we're known all over the West Coast um, for our praise dance in like the church community. Um, and with that same program, we also started a I also started a mentorship, like a tutoring program mm-hmm. with the young girls there, um, helping them get into college and things like that. So uh, I've always had that sense of, you know, bringing that community together. And then some things that some other things I did on the side was I had a weed business, um, which pulling weeds. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when I was a when I was you know young, um, I would go around the neighborhood and try to get business. I was in competition yeah. with some of with a professional uh, weed a landscaping business. They would tear down my flyers and put them right back up, and people That's would call us. Um, they even had to come to our house to try to tell me to stop. And my parents were like, "No, she's gonna do it." <laughs> um, so I've always had that kind of. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, I've always had that kind of, you know, bringing people together as well mm-hmm. as, you know, those business, those small little business ideas to, you know, kind of keep money in my pockets to do what I wanted to do, but also to, you know, expand that and bring people in. So yeah, as I'm hearing both of your stories, you know, it sounds like your family was kind of behind your <laughs> entrepreneurship endeavors early on. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. definitely. My mom will go to bath like that's my child. She'll do what she wants. <laughs> yeah, and I, I just I I watched my mom start businesses like mm-hmm. from her head, and I watched them turn into realities, and I watched them mm-hmm. turn into cash flow businesses, um, yeah. multiple times. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just kind of grew up around that, and and I think that has really influenced a lot of things that I do today. You know, yeah, you, you know, you were telling me a story uh, before we started um about um about a, a business that you know you your your first acquisition for say <laughs> um, i i'd love for you to share you know that story with with our listeners 
Um, I, I believe you're talking about the Easy Chops. It was, it was my, yes, Easy my, Chops. My first endeavor into the tech space, um, and is is how I actually I, I don't take credit for having a great idea here. Um, <laughs> I, Facebook has all the credit. I was on Facebook one day, and then uh, a classmate of mine, uh, Sammy, posted uh, a link to something called um, e something Taxi Easy Taxi. Essentially, it was a uh, taxi services for food. And if you think about it, in 2012, 2013, this is a novel idea. There was no Uber Eats. Yeah. Grubhub was not even delivering, right? They weren't doing delivery drivers or anything like that. So this was brand new. So I'm sitting there like, oh, holy crap, this is brilliant. Um, yeah. And so I reached out to him and I said, hey, uh, Sammy, what what is this thing you just posted? It's like, ah, it's a class project. I'm like, are you using it? He's like, no. I was like, you know what? Hey, you know what would be funny? Let me give you a dollar. Um, and <laughs> If I give you a dollar, Were you in I, college at this time. Yes. Were you, okay. Yeah, at the University of Virginia, and I said, "Hey, if I give you a dollar, and I turn this into a billion-dollar company, how cool of a story would that be?" Um, what I didn't tell him was like cool of a story for me. Right? <laughs> um, but he essentially was like, "Yeah, no, not happening." I spent time writing this book, so I was like, "All right." We ended up settling at I think about two hundred dollars. Um, yeah. I called my mom and asked her for two hundred dollars, and I gave Sammy two hundred dollars, and I took his code. And that was yeah. the beginning of like something special in my life because um, that that experience kind of changed my in, entire trajectory um, in, in the tech space. Um, so I guess Sammy two hundred. I take I take his code, going through the code, like seeing how everything works, and I'm like, we can't use this. It's not usable. Um, so we ended up scrapping it, and then we started from scratch. Uh, wow. We built a new platform. We built Easy Jobs. Um, I remember we went to go get our little shirts with our logos on them. Uh, <laughs> and the, the idea was, you know, as a college student, I only had, uh, you know, delivery options were Chinese, was pizza, was wings. That's all. That was your, your options. So I started thinking about, like, I have a car. Not all start college students have a car. What if I could go bring somebody Chipotle? What if I can go bring somebody McDonald's? Like, mm -hmm. the day we launched, the site was already, like, Popular. It was so funny. Sammy was the first person to actually order from the wow. site. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Sammy placed an order. I think he wanted to test if we actually pulled it off or not. <laughs> I did that. He was delivery. putting his two hundred dollars to use. You know? <laughs> right. Exactly. I did that delivery. I'm like, I'm gonna. He's gonna keep ordering. And I'm gonna make my two hundred dollar back from Sammy. Um, but um, yeah. So it, it worked, and you know, and, and that was cool. So we started off where we didn't tell the restaurant. We just listed their menu. We get the orders on our platform. We go and order it, pay for it, cash, and then once the you know money comes in from our payment processor, we just kind of reimburse ourselves that way. So that's how we started. Um, yeah. And one day we delivered Chipotle to this girl. I will never forget it. That changed our lives. And <laughs> she goes on Facebook and says, "Oh my God, this company just delivered Chipotle to my door." The website crashed. That's crazy. Yes. The website crashed. We were using a free hosting service. It crashed. And I'm like, holy crap, we have a real business. So now we're thinking we need to start talking to these restaurants so we can get a cut from this restaurant. Yeah. What uh, year was this? This was in 2012, 2012, 2013. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And we're like, we need to get a cut from these restaurants. Yeah. Um, so, and that's kind of how that journey started. It started crazy. Like, I would, the first restaurant I walked into, um, I forgot what it's called, Fire, Fire Station Pizza or something like that. I walked into this restaurant. I'm young, like 22 years old or something, right? 
And so I, I say, hey, um, we'll deliver food for you. Here's a proposal. You sign this contract. And they were like, how many percent? I was like, 5%. They were like, put the paper down. I'll sign it. First restaurant. This is how new this was, right? Just I was like, That's I'll sign crazy. It. <laughs> so I sold the first restaurant the moment the first one I walked into. They were like, I will pay you to deliver the food for me. Wow. And so we, you know, it, it started escalating from there. We got reached out. Uh, the company called Foodio called us. They were kind of the, the main like online ordering platform in Virginia yeah. and Charlottesville. Then they randomly reached out. I said, hey, we found out about you guys. I'm like, how are you people finding out about <laughs> They called us and they were like, we want to partner. So we became their official delivery service. Boom, sales goes up. Um, it, you know, and it just it just kind of kept going from there. I will never forget the day I was driving to the office. Um, at this time, we had moved from our dining to an actual office space. And I'm driving yeah. to the office and I get a call. You know, hello, who's this? And so it's Popeyes. What? I mean, a call from Popeyes. Like, Popeyes wants us to deliver their chicken. This is dope. And, you know, and, and then the rest was history, man. We took that city from maybe three or four delivery restaurants to, you know, at this peak in Charlottesville, we probably had somewhere around 50 restaurants doing delivery. So that's 50 different wow. options that customers had now because of what we did. Um, and that just really kind of, you know, set up this journey, this entrepreneurship journey. Um, we got comp competitions that came into the market. It was very tough. We were young kids yeah. making, pulling in, you know, a crazy amount of revenue. We, we didn't think we needed investors or anything like that. Again, inexperience. Um, and so the competition was really tough. And, you know, mm. uh, what we ended up doing is uh, our initial restaurant signed a contract. So we just sold off those contracts um, and, okay. and set the market. So. Wow, that's that's incredible. It is not that I but every time I tell the story, I'm like, wow, I can't believe that actually happened, but it did. It's real life. <laughs> okay, so um, you know, I guess Jada, what were you doing at this time? Uh, could, you know, I want to kind of keep this, these stories in parallel as we tell. Yeah, definitely. Um, during that time, I was really just um the dance uh the praise dance that i was doing in church i had really really taken off around that yeah time. and we were traveling a lot to california to vegas to phoenix um, texas we we're traveling a lot um and so i really just was deep neck deep in that um in college as well around that time um and then uh, my mentorship program really kind of taken took off as well. I know that that's something that they're still doing, and it's a like it's a basis of the things. Amazing. That um, still at the church that I was at. Um, yeah. It, it's really exciting to see. I still have um, some of the girls call me to talk to me. Um, you know, just kind of give them advice still to this day. And it's, it was a really yeah. rewarding experience. Um, you know, I'm really big on community. I'm really big on hosting. I'm really big on bringing people together. Um, and, uh, I just kind of jumped full force into that, um, versus anything else. Um, and then after that, I moved up to Phoenix and I started working for American Airlines and yeah. you know, got into a little rut because I knew that there's something more that I should be doing. Mm -hmm right um yeah and i knew that i had that drive in me but i just didn't have that community around me to show me those different things to show me that it was possible um and then i met valentine and <laughs> it's kind of changed like you know as as someone growing up from you know from alabama um in the 90s right uh, yeah you know you're really told to kind of 
kind of minimize, minimize yourself in some ways, um, mm -hmm. especially in the South, you know, like, hey, just get a job, you know, get a good paying job, do this, this and this. But I always feel like, you know, I'm made for something more, like look at all of these things that I've accomplished. Um, and then, yeah, yeah I'm Valentine in 2016, um, seeing what he's seeing, what he's done, hearing his stories. I'm like, you know, in listening to how he grew up um, and really just reinvigorated me and really kind of pushed me towards that. And like, now I have this community of people that I can kind of bounce off ideas off of. And um, I started really getting into um, consulting for tech startups because I, I know how to build programs and things like that. Yeah. Consulting um, for, you know, startups and things like that really um, just reinvigorated me. Incredible. I, I got a couple of questions. I'm going to go back before I go forward. Um, <laughs> with, you know, with your praise dancing and, and mentoring company, like how did you go about scaling, scaling that? Because you know, I grew up in the church my entire life. <laughs> you know, I, I, it's not common, at least in my experience to see a praise dancing group go from one church to, you know, being traveling across the country. Yeah. Um, so I, I'd, I'd love to hear that. Yeah, definitely. Man, it was a very wild experience. I love performing. Um, I love being on the stage and I love dancing. Right. Um, my mom um, is an old school mom from the South. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Instilled, you know, very uh, she instilled discipline in us. She instilled, you know, if me and my me and my best friend say it now, if something's not right, we're like, hey, it has to be in order. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so. Uh, what we did was, you know, there started off five people. They had a praise dance team, but it was all in disarray when we got there. And a lot yeah. of people did. So we started off with five. And it was really just five people um, praise dancing. Um, and my five people and my mom praise dancing um, for about a year. Um, we really wow. had to kind of push and work and try to recruit and bring people in. Um, and, you know, we just made it look so much fun, which it was, it was a lot, <laughs> a lot of fun. Um, and we started doing, we started pulling more girls in after that year, after they saw, after they, you know, other churches had started asking us to come and praise dance. Um, after wow. our pastor really kind of pushed us out and said, you know, challenged us more, which made us want to want to challenge yeah. us. Um, and it was, it was, it was awesome because we were able to pull in so many people in that second year. Um, and it just exploded. Um, it just exploded wow. more performances than we had time to practice for. <laughs> um, and captain, I was a choreographer. And then with that, we started the mentoring, um, program because, yeah. you know, I was also like in high school, um, and I was getting ready to go to college and we didn't really have those resources um, to help these black girls, you know, make sure that they have, you know, the resources and the opportunities to get into, you know, some of these prestigious schools and things like that. So um, and I'm really good at math. I'm really good at school, math, reading, everything. So um, I it was a requirement as a dance captain to, that I made to the younger girls that, hey, your grades have to be within this amount, this, you know, season. Wow, that's of, awesome. Um, they, you guys have to come to praise dance practice and we're going to have a study session after. Um, they would come to my house and, you know, I really invested a lot of time in these girls to, you know, pick up their self-esteem, um, encourage them and make sure they got those opportunities that they really wanted getting into the colleges. That yeah. they wanted. And um, 
uh, that was just kind of a blueprint for every other church, you know, during our time. It was kind of a blueprint. Everyone was kind of copying us. We started doing workshops um, in Phoenix for praise dance in Minnesota. Yeah. And it just, it really just kind of blew up. Um, yeah, it really just kind of blew up. And then we started getting the older women involved, um, people in their 30s at that time, people in their 70s, you know. Um, and wow, I would really, I was very close with everyone in that, um, everyone in our praise dance team from the youngest ones at five to the oldest ones at seven at 70, 75. Um, and, you know, I really kind of leaned on as those older women kind of came in, I really leaned on them a lot to help to get them to help us with the younger women, you know, be that example. And uh, we were able to create a program that people were able to repl replicate in California, here in Phoenix. And um, it was it was amazing. It was an amazing time. Great, I miss it. Incredible. Um, so you know, at this point, I guess after we the point we're at now, um, Valentine, you mentioned that you know you're working with tech startups, Jada, you are consulting for tech startups. You know, at what point do you all come together and say, Hey, Wava Space it is? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, I, I think for the most part, like we've we've always explored the question. Like she knows I'm an entrepreneur. We've always of explored course. the question of, you know, can we work together? <laughs> um, and not not just as founders, right? You know, like you know, maybe I'm at a job and like I'm a manager there, and like we're hiring, <laughs> and I know it pays more than you know, it, it pays well enough for her to come in there. But I'm just like, ah, I don't know if I want to, you know, have that kind of relationship. Um, so we've we've always explored that question. And I think the big thing was with, with when we started Wabers Space, we both finally we just shared a problem together. Yeah, we had the same problem. Absolutely. And we felt we felt the same amount of passion about the problem. And then when we thought about the solution, we felt the same amount of passion about it. And I think it just mm. it, it made sense um, as some as sort sort of the official first thing that we we're doing together yeah. um, in the tech space. Uh, we've had other other businesses that we've done, but like uh, tech wise, is going to be the first thing. Um, and you know, we, this came about during the pandemic, right? right? Yeah. Changed a lot of things. Uh, we we went from everybody going into the office um, to everybody being at home every single day, having meetings literally at the same time. Everybody talking at the top of their voice, um, and you know, she she would come out of the room and be like, "You're so loud." And I'm like, <laughs> it's a small two bedroom downtown. Like, His voice is booming. You know, it's you like know. there's nothing I can do. Y'all sound like me and my wife. We work at the same company. <laughs> like oh, okay. we reason we moved here was because I was like, I need space and you need right. space. We gotta keep this together because it's not working out. Exactly. Yeah, and like I, yeah. I need the space and exactly and, and what i would try to do is yeah. i'd either work outside in the arizona heat and be dying oh my god i can't imagine <laughs> During the summer, or i would try to go to a coffee shop and it was just too much background noise and it was too distracting you know it wasn't uh it just wasn't a conducive environment for me to be going every single yeah. day you know yeah and then we we decided to buy a house to solve this problem <laughs> right now, if you think about it, the, the millions of people that are probably going through the same thing, like they cannot just wake up one day and buy a house. We're fortunate mm -hmm. enough to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when we bought the house, it was, you know, 
Like we're like, there's way more space than we need in here. Um, yeah. You know, and then one day we're just, we're kind of working and we're like, like, and I asked, I was like, will you be okay? We let people come work here. Like anybody who has like, you know, probably not the most ideal working environment. Like since everybody's working remote now. Yeah. Yes, she please. was like, yes. <laughs> It's usually just me, him, and um, my brother, and his brother, uh, my brother-in-law. It's usually yeah. three, so I was like, I was excited to see more people in the house. And <laughs> again, I love hosting, so it makes it feel more like lively, you know. Yeah, she's like, well, I get, I get to buy snacks and I <laughs> give people and make coffee for people, and I'm like, yes. Went and bought a coffee machine. Yeah. And we yeah. Knowing the two of y'all, were y'all charging people two dollars for the coffee? <laughs> Listen, I thought about it. She was like, "Well, not now, not now. Give them some time. Let's yeah. get it going. <laughs> let's, let's get it going before you start asking them for money." I thought about it, uh, but all, all, all roads lead down to money, right? Which is how we found it. Um, you know, so it was. People started coming here, and they were legitimately like enjoying being here. They would leave their home. Yeah. We'll come here, you know, we'll get a call. It's like, hey, is it okay if I come through? I'm like, yeah, that's the whole point. That's why we put all this desk here. Wow. Um, so we started having people come here. We'll just hang out, you know, and then, you know, something started to happen where, like, folks are bouncing ideas over each other, having, you know, that casual conversation like you were in the office, like when everybody, you know, when folks are not on the call, you know, people Incredible. go downstairs and, like, lounge and, like, hang out. Um, and that just started happening. And then one day we were talking about, like, man, people really love coming here, like, yeah. We could charge for it, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and right. And then not just that we could charge for it. I'm like, what about other people who have spaces like this? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. You've seen there's like especially the, the pandemic really kind of drove growth in the space sharing economy as well. You yeah. have you know, swim pool. You can rent out your swimming pool. Yeah. You, yeah. you have uh, I forgot the other company is called space. there's pure space, there's the garage where you can rent out your garage as a storage space. And yeah, fish so sharing economy, asset sharing economy, like has just been booming since especially since the pandemic. Um, we're like, man, there are other people who would let folks come work in their house. Yeah, let's go find them, right? Talk to them and let's go find remote workers, you know. Um, and then on the other side, yeah. you know, with you know, people coming over here very often just to get out of their environments. Um, on that remote worker side, it was just—it's just nice to switch up your environments, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and, not have, and not have to commit to, say, a co-working space like we work, right? Or um, yeah. to pay a membership, you know, commute time. How far is the co-working space from where you from where you're at? Um, yeah. And I think that was, you know, giving them the flexibility of the things that are important to them, that they can, you know, find a space somewhere and um, it's what they need for whatever it is, even if it's just for one day, even if it's for a whole week, if they just want to get out of the house because a lot of stuff is going on at home, they can, you know, book through us. Um, and I think uh, allowing remote workers to have that flexibility um, and just that sense of community again, without having to go into an office or be so committed to um, a, a co-working space, um, is really mm -hmm. also kind of what fueled it. Because it's it's nice, it's nice yeah. spaces. Yeah, as as I listen to y'all, like I work remote most of the time. I'm like, I would love the ability to be around other remote workers. Like, but mm -hmm. I I often work at coffee shops for that 
reason, but like mm-hmm. to do it in a home environment sounds like even more like um, communal. Um, so I, I I love that. Um, okay, so you get you're starting to you know let other people work in the space. You decide you want to turn into the business. Um, what time is this? Is this 2022 um, or is this like 2020, late 2021? This is in 2022. Yeah. That okay. We okay. Decide like we want to go from just inviting people over to like building a platform. Now, of course, so I'm gonna say probably around June, July is when we go from idea to like we're gonna start implementing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. that you know that's my next question. How did like how did you launch? What what were those first steps to say, hey, we're ready to you know take this thing big leaks? How how'd, how'd you go? So um, you know the first thing is like we wanted to understand the industry, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, started started doing a lot of research, seeing like um, like what what is happening in the office space world, you know, the co working space world, and things like that. Um, I think at some point last year, I don't remember exactly when, we started seeing a lot of WeWork locations start to close down. Um, so we started asking yeah. why. We're not going to go invest in the platform if people don't want to be in spaces like this. But then we realized that, you know, they're closing down for a totally different reason. A, a lot of people don't want to commit, right? So yeah. people need flexibility. I don't want to pay you every single month if I'm not going to be here every single, like, every single day of the month, right? Yeah, at that point, it's just like going back into the office. <laughs> exactly. You know, you kind of force yourself to go now because you're paying, you know, yeah. $500, $600 every month for this. Um, so that, you know, and then WeWork is closing now, like, you know, for other reasons as well. And then the big, the you know, the big question was, so now that everybody's remote, are they going to go back into the office, right? And and then there was, there was an article, I don't remember where, that came out that said, you know, um, Downtown office spaces have gone from, I think, about like a 94% occupancy rate to about a 47%. Yeah. So businesses realize that you <laughs> don't need to pay crazy amount in lease, yeah. you know, for lease anymore. And so they were just like, yeah, we're not doing it anymore. So now you have all yeah. these vacant office spaces. Now, the, the issue is that businesses have made this decision, but what about the remote workers? What about the folks like us that lived in a two-bedroom, um, mm-hmm. you know, and then we started also seeing that businesses are willing to pay or subsidize these kind of services, you know, these kind of tools, this kind of platform yeah. for their employees, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll happily pay for a co-working space. They'll happily give you a budget to reimburse you for, like, office space work and things like that. And that was kind of it. We're like, people are not going back to these offices. Um, <laughs> these, these spaces are going to be repurposed for something else. Like, yeah. Um, because businesses are just as productive. They are making, if not more money now, like, because like folks are, you know, uh, I just read something recently, like they said, like people are more productive working at home, um, you know? So yeah. they're not going back and we're like, well, let's create a platform that makes this like transition, like better for remote workers, for businesses and for yeah. folks who have, um, the space to, to rent out. Um, right. And it's great because we're not just spoke, we're not just targeting tech, uh, tech, tech remote workers, um, all remote workers, freelancers, incredible, freelancers, incredible. all of them. Um, yeah. Everyone needs to just kind of switch up their environment. It helps with creativity. It helps, you know, just switching up your environment. Things get stale, um, and it, it definitely. Yeah. Incredible. So you know, you're looking at the competitive landscape. You know what? 
what hiccups did you did you run into you know as you all you know, got ready to you know formally launch um i mean there's always hiccups with the products like uh, <laughs> there's always like I, again this is like the tenth one that i've done um and there's always hiccups in the product things that you <laughs> for um you know like if somebody like me who is big picture um it's so hard to get like certain like details when it comes to like the tech side so you know i find myself sitting with the developer he's like well you didn't tell me about that feature i'm like well you should have just assumed we need this <laughs> for this like you know um you know uh the developer i work with i've worked with him for about you know six seven years now and uh, I, um lives in Cameroon um and you know so but like we, we have we already have this relationship going where yeah he knows that I'm not going to account for I would say this has been a, the Wava space experience was a more smoother experience with him because now he has come to the point where he's like all right I have to think through some of these things that Valentine might might, <laughs> might want to think through uh, so those were so there were some hiccups there and really having like concrete information on um on like how remote workers yeah. are going to view a platform like this. We did a survey. Um, we sent out a survey to over 2,000 uh, remote workers um, in Tulsa. Uh, they have a Tulsa remote program over there. Um, and uh, Justin, who I, I is the director of the program, kind of helped us out, sent, sent out the survey. And we learned so much from that survey. Yeah. Um, the biggest reason why people will use Wava Space is commute yeah it's also the biggest reason why they don't sign up for co-working space if it's not conveniently placed for them um so we give you this flexibility you can find the things that are around you the places that are around you the hosts yeah. that are close by um and then i thought people were, were gonna choose co-working space or places like this for coffee coffee came in like third um <laughs> you know and price wasn't so much of a factor you know yeah, mm. yeah. so it was mainly commute. it was just mainly commute people were like incredible I don't want to go far and I want flexibility <laughs> like um you know so we, which which was which was good um though uh, on the negative side we you know it's just like when Uber started people were worried about their safety Airbnb started people were worried about safety um, yeah the good thing is like we can easily address that with like putting some security measures on our platform you know verification identity verification verifications and things like that and plus Airbnb has already gone through the <laughs> um, of what it's like to be in somebody's home. Uh, yes. So uh, we're we're not starting from scratch here. So of course. So when did you officially, you know, launch the product on? I guess make it available for users to start signing up. Uh, that was earlier this year in February. Yeah, well, we did a soft launch. We, we haven't a done launch. a massive announcement yet. It's just been a soft sure. launch mm -hmm. um, because we we want to keep stress testing the platform. Yes, like as we get to sign up, we want to see how the platform um handles um you know so but we are actually going to be in las vegas uh today tonight um, oh wow <laughs> yeah, we are we're we're launching in vegas um uh, we're, incredible uh, yeah. uh, congratulations got, thank you so much uh tech tech alley um you know is is hosting uh a launch event for us um and so we're so excited we're gonna be there tomorrow um amazing to do a launch in vegas we're pretty excited about that yeah amazing well we'll be sure that you know we'll talk offline but we'll make sure we we, we release this episode around that time too yeah, <laughs> so yeah. you know i'll build that that hype for y'all um but you know when you as you get ready to you know make your your i guess 
loud, loud launch, I'm losing the word. But um, as you're ready, as you get ready to, you know, tell the world about this incredible company that you all have built. Um, have you all decided to seek investment dollars yet? Or are you, you know, holding off? And, you know, if so, why one versus the other? Um, we've, we've reached out to a few investors. Um, we, we have folks who are kind of watching right now um in, in in the investing landscape right now like traction is everything so we're trying to get um i i think like we, we should be able to secure some investors like once we hit like um a certain level of traction and like you know it's more we see more reputability on the on the on the sides like um but we are um we're looking for investors if there's anybody listening that wants to invest <laughs> definitely reach out um Absolutely. you know so yeah, so we're 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 at the point where I think we can start accepting dollars right now. But again, we probably only reached out to about twenty investors right now. Um, yeah, and a few started programs. Yeah, accelerated programs. Yeah, we're, we've we've started looking into a few accelerator programs as well. I I love that, and you know, I remember as you were telling the story of, um, I keep forgetting the name of the easy chops. Uh, easy chops. Yes, as I remember you telling the story of easy chops, you talked about. Um, you know, we were young, we didn't know that we should be looking at investors, um, you know, for that young entrepreneur who's listening, who's like, I don't want to give anybody any equity in my company. I don't want to get investors. You know, what is that? What is, you know, your reasoning behind saying, actually, you know, this is, this is important for, for the growth of our business. Um, I think for a couple of reasons, um, um, the financial resource is, it's a big thing um that that's how you compete like you're gonna have competitors um that's how you that's how you're able to compete you need that financial resource so i think it's super important um but there's something there's such a thing as bad bad money and good money um you don't want bad money good yeah. money is money that comes with an investor that can help you grow uh, your business right so you want to look for investors who have invested in similar spaces who are who have you know experience in that industry right yeah. so for us you know and somebody who has invested in like a real estate tech, maybe Zillow or Airbnb or WorkBnB, for example, mm -hmm. uh, those are the kind of investors that we would want to work with because they understand the idea of a you know a marketplace for space sharing and things like that. Um, you know, so and they already have connections in the industry. That is, yeah, I think probably just as important as the money is the phone calls that these people can make for you because once they give you their money, they want you to be successful and they're going to connect with <laughs> You know the right people to make you successful you don't want this early on you don't want a silent partner um a silent yeah. Investor. yeah you, know. you definitely want to leverage your network and their network yes at the same time <laughs> yeah multiplier effect there um you know so that that's that's incredible um i think you know as, as i talk to founders of all ages but especially you know young entrepreneurs sometimes i think that's something that's so overlooked um and especially you know what you all just said like the importance of the partnership inside of the investment it's not just about the money but um but really how can you know how can they help you take your business to the next level um speaking of partnerships i know you all have a really cool strategic partnership with with work bnb i'd love for you to to share a bit about that yeah definitely so you want to tell yeah, yeah, uh, I, I, I can start. Um, so I was actually um, in the Techstars program um, in Tulsa um, uh, last August, um, and that's where I met Ives, uh, 
co-founder CEO of Work BNB. Yeah. Um, and he's, we, he's been on the show a couple of times. Oh, <laughs> so I'm sure the listeners are familiar with Vez. Um, and you know, and you know, Ives, like he has such an amazing yeah. energy. Yeah. Um, you can't help but notice that Ives is in the room. Um, and we just kind of we got connected, man. We hit it off. He's one of the first people that I started hanging out with, like outside of program. Um, and we just we just really connected. Now, mind you, at the time we had started this idea. Um, it's it does Ives is doing uh workforce rental and we're doing like remote work, like almost rental in a sense. So I was like, you know what? I'm not here for this business. I'm not even gonna bring it up to you because I don't want <laughs> to think that you know that I came here and I'm stealing his idea or something like that. Yeah, you know, so I was like, I'm not even gonna talk about Wava space. Um, so <laughs> didn't, didn't say anything. We just you know started hanging out and then on demo day, <laughs> on demo day, I said look man we got to talk i think there's an opportunity for us to work together um you know and you know he was like yeah i mean he was super open he was like i was i was shocked like i i my i I, for whatever reason i thought he was just going to be like why is this guy trying to steal my idea and (laughs) i had all these receipts that i can prove that i started doing this before i ever met him um so i was like you know but i just told him i was like hey you know I have I have this idea like you know at the time I was with that company I was with yeah. uh, stars so I was like you're gonna meet my my uh, fiance like you know I think you guys are gonna connect like there's there's opportunity for the two companies to work together um, after the program you know everybody's trying to raise money so kind of go ghost for like a, a few months yeah uh, towards the end of the event was like I think we should really consider doing this thing that you talked about right incredible. Early in the year, again, he called another time. It's like, you know, I've talked to Dodge, and I think we should do this thing. Uh, it's just it has so much strategic value because we're both in similar industries, and like, yeah. you know, uh, and then we can kind of tap into each other's like, um, you know, workflows and processes and things like that. Um, and then I think probably like in March or so, was it? And the best call is like, yeah. Let's, Let's do, do it now. Um, <laughs> you know, it sounds like events. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, we've we've thought we've thought it through. Let's, and he he sent he sent over a term sheet like, wow, right an hour. and I'm like, man, I'm pretty sure you had this email like ready to go like before <laughs> talk to me. Um, but the the whole idea of this partnership was essentially, we know what we do really well, mm-hmm. products product strategy like we can get an idea we've done it 10 times we can get something from an idea to a working product to with users trying yeah. it out um but one thing Ives and his team have done an amazing job with is really creating awareness for work bnb uh, pr publicity social media presence and things like that um yeah we're not that great at it um <laughs> so um you know like we're you and i are talking today because of Ives, right yeah um yeah and, you know so it just made sense we're like all right so you guys are going to help us with these things that we don't know how to do and then we're going to help you with these things that you you guys are not like equipped yeah. to do yeah. and it just happened and within a week right yeah. uh now no, 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 i think about it this happened around july yeah oh yeah around july around fourth of july right we were hanging out and- we signed the deal <laughs> the week before 4th of July, 4th of July, they came over here. 
um, to Phoenix, <laughs> you know, for Fourth of July. We, um, yeah, we had we had a good time, <laughs> family, um, and just kind of talk 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 shop a little bit. Talked about like, you know, what this partnership means and how we're, you know, steps that we're going to take moving forward. And it's been it's been amazing. And like we've you know, um, we'll let Ives them we'll let Ives or, or when we do a World BNB series, like we can share more uh, updates on the product. But we, we've had more tractions that more traction that we've seen um or they've seen Incredible. in the wild so um you know i i, I told you guys i say hey our, our method is proven we've done it 10 times we can get this product done um so and i also think that it just says something when um it's an all black founders mm -hmm. right yeah. um people yeah. that like us were representing we're showing people that it is possible to have an all black co-founder yeah. team for both for both companies yeah um, yeah that is something that Avez really pushes on, um, yeah. and even us, uh, yeah. you know that that's yeah. um, and it's exciting. It's exciting to be a part yeah. of it. I yeah. love work BNB. I love Dodge. I love Avez. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's been it's been an amazing time, you know. And I think it's something very empowering. And I think like you know you you know Avez, he like he pushes that like you know black excellence, and we do too. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It, it's so infectious like when you talk to him like you're like man i want to go take over the world now yeah, like, yeah. I want to be yeah. more um you know yeah I, I, sometimes i'm like wait are we black enough <laughs> <laughs> you know? um i'm like because events is like right here um and we've just you know we've we've, we've spoken almost every day since this partnership like incredible um, and we've just we've, we've been able to accomplish so much together since july yeah um, that's that's amazing. As you know, I, I often think about um, when I was in college, I, I studied communication, but I remember my thesis was on um, kind of like the, the vision and communication theory behind kind of Marcus Garvey and like his commitment to black businesses supporting each other. Mm -hmm. And um, and it's it's really as I like listen to y'all, like that's the first thing that comes to my mind because it's so beautiful to see black businesses and black people and black entrepreneurs coming together to say, Hey, this is, you know, where I'm not strong at, but you know, my community has my back and, you know, yes. they're picking up on, on my, on my weaknesses, but at the same time I can help them where I'm super strong and where they may be weak. That's, that's, that's beautiful. I, 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 I love that. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, like being in Tulsa for three months in the Texas program, um, and just learn about what black people were able to accomplish there through community, yeah. um, just having each other's back. Um, I think like what what's Wava Space, what BNB, Austin Invest, and Dodge, like what we're doing is really a testament to like trying to revive that spirit again. Um yeah. we can do it, right? You know, if we if I trust you and you trust me and I have no, you know, mal intention in, in, in my mind and mm -hmm. you same for you like we can build something truly amazing yeah we so much progress since july like faster than like either of us have been able to do by ourselves right incredible yeah. it just it speaks to the power of like you know us as, as black founders especially in the tech world like coming together and helping each other out you know when I, even if there's nothing in it for you like i do pro bono like consulting like for you know young entrepreneurs mm -hmm. where if you have an yeah. idea that you want to talk to me like like what is the best way for me to get to a product to test this out you know yeah. I, I teach people like the quickest effective way how do you think about an mvp how do you get a product that without spending a ton of money and putting yourself in the hole 
Um, and I love doing that for the community, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I love how she just looked at you. Right there. Um, <laughs> I get passionate about this, you know? <laughs> it's so inspiring. I love when he does that. So cute. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. Um, you know, as we, you know, get ready to, to wrap up the year, we're going into the last quarter of the year. Um, you know, what does the rest of 2023 look like for your team? Um, but also, especially as we go into 2024, what, you know, what's the future hold? Man, um, we have a few things in the works. Um, do you want to explain the plan with them? Yeah, we, yeah we're uh, working on a few things. Um, we just linked up with um, a co-working space that is opening up here in Phoenix. Incredible. Uh, and Incredible. It, the best part is is going to be the first Black-owned co-working space in Arizona. Yeah. Um, and I uh, just met with the CEO. Um, we are going to be like working really closely together. Um, you know, we're helping them like kind of build and grow that space as well as them helping us with Wawa space. Um, so we just uh, we got that deal signed today. We're super excited about it. Um, Congratulations! I need a soundboard to yeah. put on the <laughs> cheers and applause. Amazing! Yeah, yeah. and it, it's so exciting because again, it goes back to what we just talked about, like the yeah the black entrepreneurs like really helping each other and um, yeah. building building a sense of community. Um, real quick, before I answer the rest of the question, um, you know, the, this guy I connected with him, Chris, amazing guy. Uh, super passionate about what he's building. Um, the reason why I connected with him is just solely for his vision. Um, wow. He has a vision to bring, you know, give black people a comfortable space um, yeah. where it's not it's not a bougie space. It's a space where if you're black, you feel safe being in there. Um, a space for people to, co to collaborate, to work, get offices, you know, have a, have a business address and things like that. So super excited about that. So that's one of the big things Amazing. that we have. Um, I don't want to go too much into that because he's going to do his announcements uh, soon. Of course, but, yeah. Um, and then uh, the partnership with WorkBnB, I think we're going to be expanding upon that. Like yeah. at launch, um, our both platforms are going to speak to each other. Um, so that's one of the things that. Oh we, wow! Amazing. Yeah, uh, where they have a goal Amazing. of occupancy rates, and for the host on his platform who wants to also fill any vacancies with our platform is going to speak directly to each other where, you know, right. when, whenever they're not booked for a workforce rental, they can still be making money using the Wawa space system. Incredible. That's so, amazing. It's a big plan. We, again, launching Vegas this year, launching uh, Phoenix officially yes. um, here, hopefully by October. Yeah. Um, and, you know, October is as far as I go right now. We're getting married in November in Nigeria, so <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna focus on that for a little bit. Um, of course, of course. Um, and and I think twenty twenty four really is um, when we're right now. Again, we kind of open up a round funding round, but it's, we're not pursuing that strongly as I mentioned. Um, but come twenty twenty four, it's full force in trying to raise funds and scale. Um, yeah. Cities, we we want to take a strategic approach and like start with the West Coast and then kind of move move east from there. Uh, of course, that yeah, no, that's it. Yeah, so I think that's that's the plan. You know, um, we the the goal is we want to give people flexibility in the working space. We want to give them the option to, you know, to find the space that is right for them at the time when it is right for them without having to worry about a lease or 
um, yeah. any sort of commitment. It's yeah. you do it on your own terms when you need it. Yeah, you know, and it, it says something because it's something that we would use ourselves. Yes, you know, yeah. I would also, while the space yes. to go work somewhere else, especially when she wants to get away from me. For exactly. Now, so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, I think that that says something to our commitment to this product and how much we believe mm -hmm. because it's something that we would also use. Um, so it's it's a really exciting adventure. Y'all got me, I believe too. You know, Coach. <laughs> Deion Sanders has been asking reporters, do you believe? I, I believe. <laughs> 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 nice. nice. believers. <laughs> right. um, you know, my my final couple questions here. Um, you know, first, I, I love that y'all are a black couple doing this together. Um, you know, what is, uh, you know, I, I also love hearing about the faith background. I, you know, what is, what role has both, you know, family and, and faith played in, and not only your business, but, you know, you all as a founding team and helping you scale the business. You know, our family is very, very supportive of us. Um, and they're really just some of our biggest champions, um, I believe. And, um, you know, they just really just keep pushing us in the direction, um, you know, in any being an entrepreneur in any right, there's always going to be some type of failure. Right. Um, yeah. They're always, our family is always there to pick us up. You know, our faith makes us, helps us, you know, pivot, you know, and mm. keep pushing and keep pushing and keep trying. Um, Valentine's mom, she's always kind of done something. Um, it fell, she'll pick something right back up. Um, yeah. That's the basis of a lot of the things that we do, you know, just keep going and our family has our back. Yeah, and just to kind of add on to that, it's like, you know, my family perspective to the same thing. My mom, my dad, my dad runs his business today too. Um, and that's yeah. just kind of in, in the entire family and how we've, we've operated. Um, we're, we're both Christians too. Like, so, you know, there's a uh, strong, you know, faith background there, like um, stemming from our families. Um, and so we've, we've just, we've really kind of just channeled all of that into, um, into how we operate as a couple, how we operate as co-founders. Yeah and just as a team in general so yeah it's it, it, both family and faith has played a lot of you know into making us like who we are today into this product being where it is today you know Absolutely. um i was like i can't tell you how many times i say hey mom starting a new business is like again <laughs> <laughs> i'm like yeah this is yeah. the one <laughs> yeah. <know? laughs> yeah and whenever i bring it to my parents they're just like questions 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 <laughs> you know um and it's it really helps me kind of think through yes. critically on those mm -hmm. and making sure i'm able to answer those questions because if they're asking them anyone will um yeah and, uh you know they just want to make sure that we we got it yep i love that i i i think oftentimes you know we often hear stories of, of founders and you know this is all about the business but um, you know, one thing I've loved about doing this podcast is being able to, you know, be able to hear about the values that, you know, are, are you know, giving the founder their foundation um, to to really, you know, take something to the next level. Uh, my final question for you all, um, you know, for those young entrepreneurs, you know, what advice do you have for them? For someone who's like, hey, I'm getting ready to start my first business, but what advice do you have for them? You can go first. Okay, okay. Um, so, um, you know, one of the things that you you want to do, 
um, is just make sure you are, one, again, leveraging your network, right? Mm -hmm. uh, leveraging the people that you know around you, the people that are investing in you, um, building that community. Um, because that's where that community is gonna come in, come in for you. Um, learn, knowing when to really pivot uh, for, for your business. Um, if an idea isn't working or something, you know, there are gonna be failures that are gonna happen, but the biggest thing is you need to know how to pivot and not be so hard on yourself because it happens. It's the yeah. journey entrepreneur um from the beginning of time right um it's a new idea and you really got to flesh it out um so really just continuing to believe in yourself believe in your idea and when you believe in your idea you can make other people believe in your idea and knowing when to pivot um to make sure that you're getting it where you need to go um is is huge i love that yeah, and I can I can piggyback off of that to like knowing where to pivot. You know, like you need to consistently like request and accept feedback. Um, that's how that's that's the quickest way you can get to the right product, right? Product market. <laughs> um, you know, you have to purposefully seek out mentorship. Um, you know, a lot of the accomplishment that we've had is because we've had people in our lives who have kind of you know, done similar things or close enough and they've kind of stirred us in the right direction. Um, it, it, was, it was something that I learned from my first business when I was like, no, we don't want anybody. We're making money. Everybody stay away. And um, <laughs> we, were, we, we were just not able to think through or anticipate a lot of things. So definitely, you know, seek out mentorship for sure. Um, you know, have a clear vision. Do, do the market research. It's very important, right? Make sure you know, like, what you're trying to solve for. You don't have to have all the answers. Do the research. That's how you get answers. Um, yeah. I think those are those are probably like the key things um, that I would have key advices that I would, I would give to young entrepreneurs out there. So. Incredible. Um, I guess I lied. My final final question: <laughs> Where can people find Wava Space um, if they want to invest? They want to, you know, place their their property on the on the platform. Um, you know, just follow what y'all are doing. Connect on social media. How can people connect with y'all? Absolutely. Um, first thing, our website is www.wavaspace.com. Um, it is live. Uh, we're a web platform. In the future, hopefully, we'll uh, transition into a, a mobile app, but we're starting on the web right now. Um, my personal email is v at wavaspace.com. Um, Jada is j at wavaspace.com. Um, so anybody can feel free to reach out if you have questions. Um, I'm happy to jump on the call, tell you how the platform works um, and, and things like that. Um, on social media, uh, LinkedIn and Instagram, we're uh, just Wava Space. Incredible. So. Incredible. Um, Valentine, Jada, I'm so, so grateful for the two of you for, for being guests on the show. Um, I, I, I say this every time after a show. I, you know, I know I'm going to be inspired at the end of an episode, but I'm like blown away by how inspired I am by the wow. two of you all story. Um, thank you. Thank you. Well, I appreciate having us. I appreciate you having us on this platform, man. Miss the work. Of course. Of course. You know, when I was younger, I wish there was something like this, um, you know, for me to hear stories from, from founders who look like me. Um, so thank you all again. I'll be sure to link everything down in the show notes. Um, and listeners, thanks for tuning in. Uh, always super grateful. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you.